Welcome to the Strong Moms Club, a podcast all about living happy, healthy lives in motherhood. I'm Raya, a toddler mom and a retired nurse turned health and fitness coach with a passion for helping other moms find their confidence and feel their best in motherhood. Here at the Strong Moms Club, I chat every Monday about all things health, fitness, nutrition, motherhood, and just balancing it all while trying to keep tiny humans alive. Let's dive into today's episode. Hi, Strong Moms. Welcome to our first guest episode of this year of the Strong Moms Club podcast. This episode is something that I am super passionate about, something that has really changed my life and something I'm also seeing become a lot more prevalent lately. So I'm excited to talk about it on the podcast. And that is living alcohol free, specifically in motherhood. So today I'm chatting with Shannon McCabe. She is alcohol-free mentor and a homeschooling mom of three girls, including one with special needs. She quit drinking back in September of 2022, and much like me, it completely changed her life for the better, leading to her now helping other women find the same peace and freedom that she has. And on Instagram, she goes by at mommy doesn't need wine, which I love that username. So hi, Shannon. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to chat with you about this topic. I know I've had a lot of like friends and clients and just people that I know that have been kind of thinking about going alcohol free lately or starting that journey. So I'm excited to to bring it bring it to the podcast. So I want to jump right in. I want to hear more about kind of your personal journey to living alcohol free, kind of what led you to making that decision and pursuing the sober lifestyle. Awesome. Yeah, you're right. I think it's definitely becoming a lot more I like how you say prevalent because I don't I try to avoid saying like trendy because I think that implies that the trend is going to go away and this is like this isn't going to be cool anymore and I think it's just the opposite I think there are just a lot of people but women in particular moms especially just kind of having this awakening and realizing that life is hard enough right like we've all got you know, so many plates that we're spinning and trying to keep in the air. And it gets to a point where it's like, you know, how can I make this easier? And when you kind of examine it, like alcohol just doesn't make sense. It's just, it, it does nothing but make everything harder. And, and it took me a long time to realize that I, my drinking just kind of slowly crept up on me and it got worse and worse over a span of, I mean, gosh, probably like 10 years. And then kind of stayed pretty bad for a couple of years. I mean, for me, it got, you know, I didn't have any real big rock bottom moment. Like I haven't been arrested. I didn't go to rehab um, or anything like that. But but when the pandemic hit and the whole world kind of shifted and changed, I very quickly found myself, um, you know, besides like being at home, which I'd always been at home with my girls because we homeschool and I've always worked from home. But having like all of our outside, you know, outlets kind of taken away and shut down definitely. I found myself drinking a lot more and I found myself hiding it all of a sudden because my husband was, you know, a little bit like, oh, wine again tonight. Oh, wine again tonight. And somewhere I, I made the connection of like, well, what if, what if he just doesn't know I'm drinking? What if he just doesn't realize it? Then, you know, then I don't have to have that conversation. And it just really quickly snowballed into something that just I really lost control of. You know, it it went from being this thing of like, oh, a glass of wine sounds really good to like, I I need to have a glass of wine. Like I had completely lost the ability to relax without it, um, to really just kind of even get through the end of the day without without drinking. And 
like I said, it just crept up, you know, it's like we're for a long time, one glass was enough and that quickly became two glasses. And then at one point, then it became like a whole bottle and then it became opening a second bottle. And I always had this voice in the back of my head, like, what are you like? This is not good. Like, this is not healthy. This is not, you know, normal. Um, but I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't stop. Like there were always all these excuses, right. Especially for me, it's like, well, but I know I'm a good mom, you know, like I homeschool my daughters, they're all healthy, they're all well adjusted. You know, I do everything I need to do around the house. I uh, have run several, you know, businesses and take care of Dylan, my daughter with special needs. So it's like, I could always justify what I was doing, you know, or kind of be like, well, you know, it's not that bad. It can't be that bad because I still do everything I need to do and I do it well. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, and, and until it just, you know, slowly, but also felt like all at once, like the wheels just started to fall off the bus. Like I was gaining weight. It was affecting my health, slowly pulling me away from everything else in my life that I wanted to do. You know, I wasn't necessarily wanting to go out and do anything with other people because I preferred to just stay home and drink. And I was rushing bedtime with my kids because I wanted to just sit back down with my glass of wine and watch a TV show. And, you know, even making sure that like date nights and time that my husband and I spent together revolved around drinking. And when I was in it, when I was stuck in that time, I couldn't see how much everything really, really, really revolved around drinking until, you know, I think it just kind of, I I just started to ask myself, like, where does this go? Like, where does this lead? If I keep drinking like this, like what happens? And I just couldn't, I, I didn't have an answer for that anymore. And my girls were getting older and starting to make comments the way kids do. And it was just kind of like, God, is this really what I want to be showing them? Especially raising raising daughters. It's like, you know, they're going to be women someday. And do I want them to think that this is how we cope with our problems and that this is what's required to get through marriage and parenthood and all of that? And so it took me a lot of start, stops and starts. You know, I went through what a lot of women do with like trying to make all the rules, you know, like, okay, I'm only going to drink on weekends or I'm not going to drink after 7 p.m. Or we're only going to drink when we go out with people. Or I'm only going to drink beer. I'm only going to drink wine. I'm like every single rule. I, I made them all. I broke them all so many times. Tried a, a lot of longer stints. You know, I tell people I had probably three times over the course of three years where I quit and would make it anywhere from like six weeks to 12 weeks, I think was the longest. But always went back to it because I never did any of I never did anything other than quit drinking. Like I never really examined why I was drinking so much or tried to like learn anything about alcohol that would help me change the way I thought about it. And then finally, yeah, in September of 2022, it was just kind of the perfect storm of a lot of things. Like I was starting to get a little bit worried about my health. Um, My daughters were noticing enough and making enough comments that I really, really felt unsettled with how they were seeing me behave and also my husband too it was just getting harder and harder to you know kind of lie to him about how much I was drinking and and hide it and it just was like what why am I doing this why am I doing this to myself and so that's when everything changed I was like obviously just just not drinking isn't the solution like if you say, oh, I'm just going to quit drinking, but don't really address why you drink so much, then, you know, it's it's going to be a really, really short-lived little experiment. So this time I just dove in. I, I always say, like, I made it my part-time job. Like, the way drinking had started to feel like a part-time job, I made getting sober a part-time job. It's like, I'm going to read every book I can get my hands on. I hired a coach. I finally started talking about it out loud to other women. And that was like just the the biggest light bulb moment. And the biggest shift was realizing how many other women were like me. 
that, you know, smart, capable, good moms, good wives that somehow had just had alcohol, like take over their life and were trying to get out of it. And I think when I realized that it wasn't just me, so I, like, I wasn't defective. There wasn't this big, huge thing wrong with me that nobody else could understand. Then I was like, oh, okay. So like that, that means there must be a way out of this then. So that was kind of the first time that I really kind of like had hope and was like, okay, well, but if other people have stories so similar to what I'm doing and what I've done, but now they're on the other side of it. I was like, okay, I think I think I can do this. Or I, I at least am willing to try to figure it out because mm-hmm. like I said, I was otherwise like, what is the alternative? I was gonna keep drinking, keep gaining weight, keep hating myself, keep setting a horrible example for my daughters, or I had to just be willing to try anything. And that's what I did. And it's, I mean, it's turned out to be so much better than I ever, ever could have like hoped it would be. Yeah. I feel like our stories are like so similar, but then so different at the same time, which I think it goes for a lot of people that kind of are on that same path. Um, So it took you about three, about three years of like thinking about it and like kind of trying before you finally quit. Yep, absolutely. And in all those times I was like stalking people on sober Instagram, I would like check stuff and devour it for weeks, but then like completely ignore it when I, you know, was like, okay, no, I'm fine. It's not that big of a deal or you know, it would be like around the holidays because I just couldn't fathom it. Like who could get through the holidays without drinking or a birthday or a wedding or summer vacation or something like that. So yeah, it was very much like a very hot and cold start and stop, start and stop kind of thing. And there's always like something next, right? Like you're like, well, but after this event or after that, right? Like something that you're like, well, I have to drink for this. And I was the same where like, I, I think I, it was probably a, yeah, a couple years that I was like thinking about it and like I knew I didn't like my relationship with alcohol and I was like this needs to change but I did the same as you where I was like kind of doing it privately secretly like I would like read these books and listen to these podcasts and I was following all these like sober Instagram people but I didn't tell anyone about it like I didn't even tell my husband about it I was just it was my secret thing that I was like maybe I'll quit eventually and then same as you like the day that I decided that I was going to quit is the day that I like told people about it. Like I told my husband, I told my close friends and I was like, listen, I'm, I'm done. And I feel like that was a big change. Like just that it was out there for other people to know. And that it wasn't this like thing I was trying to do alone anymore. I didn't get a coach like you did, which that I feel like is an extra step. Right. But I'm very much someone who just wants to like do it myself (laughs) sometimes to a fault. So I think that like just being open about it I've had a few friends too who have like done the same thing where they've kind of tried to secretly quit drinking or stop like slow down on their drinking and it's hard when people don't know because then they're like oh we'll have a drink or whatever right and you kind of give into the pressure because you haven't been honest with people but it definitely makes a big change when you just you put it on the table and you tell people about it and it's not your secret anymore yeah exactly and that's I mean if anything that's one of the things I love about even now, well, I mean, you know, specifically months like dry January or sober October, like all of these things that are are pretty popular and pretty well known now, even compared to just, you know, a year and a half ago when I quit, um, like it's, it's not that big of a deal anymore to say that you're doing these things. And so even if somebody, even if you're really like thinking, okay, this is just going to be a month long break, or I'm not sure what this is going to be, but I'm going to try it. I feel like a huge amount of the social pressure can come off because it can just be like, oh, I'm doing dry January. And most people will have at least heard of it. 
like even if they've never tried it or they honestly don't care, it can it can help people avoid a little bit of the like, oh, why? Like, what's going on? Just have a drink. What's the big deal? It's like, nope, dry January. Or I know when I started, um, when I quit, I mean, I was doing 75 hard. And at the time, that was like a really big thing in our community and our circle of friends was everybody doing this health challenge where it's like, you know, you follow an eating plan and working out twice a day. And part of it was no alcohol. So I really leaned into that and absolutely use that as like my excuse for the first 75 days, because a lot of, well, a lot of people didn't know how much I had been drinking. So they didn't know what a big deal it was for me to say, I'm not drinking at all. Um, but it was, it, it just took the pressure off and it was easy way for me to be like, oh, nope, I'm not drinking this weekend. I'm doing 75 hard. And then people are like, oh, okay, awesome. Good for you. And it's like, oh, phew, you know, like I can, yeah. I can avoid having to have this conversation anymore, like intensely for right now. Yeah, I definitely think things like that have kind of made, yeah, made it like more normalized. But I also just think, like we were saying before, it's been more normalized lately in general. Like you were saying, it's not really a trend. It's just kind of no. a thing that like people are deciding, regardless of if they were like a quote unquote alcoholic to remove right. alcohol from their life. And I think that was like something that years before wasn't really a thing, you know, like people who were sober, who quit drinking, they were an alcoholic, right? There was no like middle ground. Whereas you were right. saying you were kind of that high functioning, like everything was totally, good, but like yep. behind closed doors, it wasn't. And that, yeah. I think back in the day, it was like, well, people only quit drinking when they were like, had a like visible problem and like hit that rock bottom and life was in the gutter. Like that was when you got sober, not just you want better for your life and you want to make that change. Right. Yeah, so, exactly. Like, because normalized. <laughs> Yep, I think you're totally right because I think back to even when I first started following like sober accounts on Instagram, there weren't that many. And this was like, you know, five years ago. And the ones that were there, I mean, amazing, amazing, mostly women, but some men. But almost all of their stories did involve some sort of like rehab, rock bottom. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I've always just I so admire people that can go through that and come out the other side, but then are willing to share about it. But you're right, like that's that's really the only example that there was where even now it's just like, yeah, so many people are talking about it. And I think it's, you know, we've got it's finally becoming a lot more well known. Mm -hmm. Just the truth about alcohol, the effects, the effects that it has on our physical and mental health, especially women. Again, like we really kind of get hit with the double whammy when it comes to alcohol, which I know at first some people can be like, well, that sucks. Like that's not fair, but I've just chose to make it more empowering. Like, you know, if you, if you care about your health, like alcohol makes zero sense, like zero sense at all. Yeah. But a lot of, a lot of that information hasn't been talked about widely. It's certainly not what we see like in, in commercials or TV or movies or anything like that, especially the way it's marketed and sold to women. So once I started looking for that though, and kind of even became aware of it, like the tip of the iceberg, I mean, gosh, you know, the information that's out there, the podcasts that are out there now, and just people sharing their stories about how they start to feel, even when they just take a little bit of a short break, it's like, oh my God, it's, it's like really incredible. Mm -hmm. the, the positive changes that can ripple out to like every part of your life and all of this stuff that isn't going well, that we have just kind of started to normalize and make as like, oh, well, that's just how it is. That's just how I feel. That's just, it's aging or it's being a tired mom. It's any of these things where now I'm like, nope, that's alcohol. That's alcohol. That's alcohol. Like all of this stuff. And I, I just love that more people are starting to see that and understand it. 
Mm -hmm. It's kind of like once you like once you know those things, you can't unknow them, right? So then, when right? You, exactly. When you drink, you're like, oh, why am I doing this? Yep, exactly. <laughs> I, I think it was on TikTok or something I saw recently, and it was saying like when I was in college, I was like binge drinking and like doing Jaeger bombs and sleeping all day and eating McDonald's and like people in college now are like going to Pilates and like drinking green juice. I'm like, man, what a time <laughs> it's like, I know, right? People are seeing the what's real, you know? Right, right. So I want to talk a little bit about like the changes that had to happen for you. Because when I quit drinking, I was pretty young. I was 20, 24. Yeah, I was 24 okay. when I quit drinking. Um, I still had like a good... 10 years of drinking experience under my belt. So that right. tells you what you need to know because I was young. Well, <laughs> um, I didn't have kids yet. But for me, like, because of the age that I was at, a lot of the changes was just, like, changing my lifestyle because I was still in, like, the party scene, you know? So right. for you, you were already a mom. What were the challenge that, challenges that you faced in making that transition to not drinking but staying in the same kind of mom lifestyle? Like, what had to change mm -hmm. for you? Oh, I love that. I mean, the the two things like right off the top of my head is one, like, like the really like some of the friendships and some of the relationships, whether that was with other mom friends, um, even the dynamic between my husband and I and like, I said how a lot of our date nights and any alone time we could get had started to revolve around alcohol. So suddenly, like, that was changing. And I'm lucky that he's been really supportive and really great because he kind of wasn't given a choice, right? It's not like he got to say, oh yeah, let's quit drinking. Although he he has never been one that's had a problem with mm -hmm. alcohol at all. Like he has always been somebody that could just have like one or two drinks and then be done. And never in my life, never in my life, even going back to high school, like you said, I started drinking when I was about 15 also. And looking back, I see now how it was always a problem because if I had one drink, I was going to have 10 drinks. Like yeah. that's just always how it went. Um, and he, and he's never been like that. So he, it's, so it's been easy for him to super taper back or even just take breaks. Um, so, so that was easy, but definitely other friends. Like I definitely have had other mom friend relationships that some of them kind of felt like they were put on ice for a little while because it's like, they always just revolved around happy hour or like a girl's night out that was always boozy. And now that I don't want to do that, it's kind of, it has been a little bit of like, oh, well, what, what do we do now? Like, are, are we actually good enough friends that we still want to get together and hang out if alcohol's not involved? Um, and lucky for, for me, most of, most of the friendships have, you know, kind of come full circle. And a lot of times we just get together for lunch now instead. Like I just like, I suggest coffee or I suggest brunch or I suggest a lunch instead of, happy hour or, or drinks. And, and even that was more in the beginning because now at this point, and honestly, even after a few months, like I'm fine being around people that drink. So it's like, if I go out to dinner with a girlfriend and she wants to have wine, I really could care less because like, I'm not here to be like the alcohol police and try to tell everybody <laughs> that they don't need to drink. I mean, yes, I, I think alcohol is pretty awful and I wish everybody would wake up and see that, but, um, so there definitely were some growing pains. And I know that that's one thing that I worried about a lot in the beginning. And a lot of people mm -hmm. get hung up on that and like, but what are my friendships going to look like? What is my social life going to look like? What is my, you know, getting together with my family going to look like? And I really found that 90% of the stuff I worried about, like never even happened, was never even an issue. Like for the most part, 
people were really cool and don't care. Like, that's the thing is like as self-absorbed as we are about what's going on with us, everybody is also that self-absorbed. Yeah. So for, for yeah, no one else is like part. thinking about us as much as we exactly, are. Like. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Which honestly was like a huge sigh of relief because it's like, oh, guess what? My friends don't really care if I'm not <laughs> drinking wine with them when we're out to dinner tonight. So like, oh, again, sigh of relief. Um, but, but then like the, the, the bigger challenge then actually was just kind of being my own worst enemy because I had been at the point where most of my drinking was happening at home. Mm -hmm. It was like four o'clock every day while I'm trying to transition like from the school day into dinner time and getting the house picked up before my husband would get home from work. And also then, you know, being tired myself, being touched out, all of that stuff. And it's like, oh, how do I do this now? without wine because it had become like such a fixture. So it really, that's where the work was. Like that's 100% where it was like, okay, I need to replace my drink. So I become a huge, huge proponent of just like anything, you know, it's, whether it's sparkling water, whether it's any beer, it doesn't matter. But like, you know, I spent 10 years with a glass in my hand at four, four o'clock every day. So it's like, I have to have something else that I'm drinking. Um, in the beginning, it was a lot of chocolate, <laughs> a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of sugar to get that, that dopamine hit. And then just kind of being really honest and restructuring things. Like for me, actually, you know, as a mom with older kids, it became having some kind of uncomfortable conversations with my husband and my daughters about how we had just kind of let some unhealthy habits creep up in our house. I was taking on way too much of like the housework workload myself. And, and basically I was like, okay, you know what? I could see that a big part of the reason I drank is because I was trying to do everything myself. Mm -hmm. Like so much of the housework, taking care of Dylan, homeschooling, cooking dinner five nights a week, all of this stuff. And I'm just like, you guys, this isn't possible. Like there's no human that can do all of this. And if I'm not going to drink, then we need to change the situation a little bit. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I was really lucky that my husband is such a great guy and so supportive. And right away, he was like, yeah, you're right. This is kind of crazy. Why haven't we talked about this before? Why haven't you asked for help? And I'm like, okay, yeah, a little bit of that's on me because I just, you know, it's just my personality to kind of like, oh, I'm, I can do it all when really it's like, no, no, I can't. So it, a lot of it was just, yeah, like getting honest with myself, getting honest with my family, setting up some better boundaries and some better habits and, you know, things like I started God, I think for the first four months, like we started doing like so much meal prep on Sundays or like crock pot dinners because I'm like, I need to not physically be in the kitchen every day from four to five because it really made me want to drink. Mm -hmm. And so I did that for like two months. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, okay, well now I'm fine because I was sure enough that like, I really don't want to drink. Mm -hmm. So then I could go back to like, it's not hard for me to be in that same routine because I had just set up like new habits and everything like that. Yeah, I love that, that kind of like restructuring. And that's mm -hmm. a spot where our stories are a bit different is that like you were drinking at home, whereas I was more of like binge drinking on the weekends. That's kind of something I haven't thought about is that at home, you kind of have to replace those habits, right? If that's your habit, when you're at home yep. at a certain time to have a drink, I definitely was the same with like mocktails or Diet Coke or sparkling water or whatever. I really leaned into those a lot. Um, but me, for me, it was more when I was going to events, I was like, well, I'm, I always have a drink, right? Like I'm, I always have a drink in my hand. So I was, I needed something to still have. Um, I also, like I said, I was younger and my friends, we yeah. would do lots of like shotgunning drinks. 
So mm-hmm. I would literally shotgun like sparkling waters and like Diet Cokes. Wouldn't recommend <laughs> shotgunning a Diet Coke. Terrible. Um, but I would do that because I was like, I feel right. left out. So I was like, okay, well, I still want to shotgun with you guys. But I'm not going to drink. So I'll just like shotgun this sparkling water so I can participate. <laughs> but oh my yeah, God. those kind of like things where you can replace your habits. I like, yeah, that's, right. that's definitely good advice. Um yeah. And then you were talking about your husband, which is actually a question I was going to ask later. But now that you've brought it up, I'm going to ask it now. For those who are wanting to quit and whose partners aren't quitting. So does your your husband still drink occasionally, correct? He does. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So then you have experience with this. Do you have any advice on like creating a supportive environment at home when you're wanting to quit, but your partner or someone else in your home isn't? Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, this, this can be a conversation that can go a lot of different ways because obviously it so much depends on just like the nature and the health of your relationship and how open your communication is about it and also how much they drink right like i said like i know i've been really lucky that it it has not been a big deal for yeah. our my husband to even though like we still have had alcohol in the house so even like that so that example that could be one thing because i know people that have been like okay in the beginning especially like can we just please get all of the alcohol out of the house and hopefully you have a partner that's like amenable to that or i know at least for me, I was like, I don't want any wine in the house because that was that was my thing. And in the beginning, it really would have tempted me. And luckily he didn't care because wine was never what he drank. Um, but some other boundaries did help because one for sure was like, and this actually still kind of stands true even a year and a half later. When I'm like, if he has anything to drink, I'm like, I, I don't want to kiss you or I really don't want you close enough to me that I can smell it because it just smells so gross to me. Not like in the beginning, it started as like, well, I'm worried it's going to tempt me and make me want to drink, but it really quickly just turns into like how just kind of repulsive alcohol becomes when you really know you don't want it and just the smell of it or the taste of it. And like, and, and, and he gets it and he respects it. So it's like, he kind of knows now, like if he has anything to drink, then like, I'm like, you roll over and face that way because I like, don't even want you to breathe on me because it's so, it's so gross. Um, and <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and I mean, so for us then aside that from that, like I said, it's really just been about communication because there definitely have been times when at home, he will still decide to have a drink or two and I'm not. And sometimes I don't care, but there's been other times that it does kind of almost just like I get crabby or I get a little mad, I get a little resentful. And so we're just super honest about it. I'm just like, you know what? I don't know why, but for whatever reason, it's just really kind of pissing me off tonight that you're having a drink. So I'm just going to go to bed because a lot of times if I, you know, kind of talk a lot about like peeling back the layers, like what's really underneath it. Well, I'm not really necessarily mad that he's having a drink. I'm actually just really tired or I'm just like, you know, touched out, like I said, from the kids all day, sick of talking to people. So it's like, you know what? I'm just going to go to bed now. So just communicating has been so huge and just saying super honest about things. Now, like I said, I know that that doesn't work for everybody because I, I mean, I have friends, I even have clients that I work with now where it's kind of almost like that really cheesy saying, like, you know, be the change you wish to see in the world. (laughs) Like we, we're never going to be able to force somebody else to change. So we've got to just stay focused on ourselves, do what we're going to, we're going to do. And you can hope that it's going to ripple out and you're going to hope that your positive changes and and the way that you're just leading your life now is going to appeal to people that love you the most. But obviously, I mean, there are a lot of times when, you know, if it, if it's too intense or one partner is really drinking a lot and one's not like, that's when I see a lot of people have to enlist the help of like a therapist Mm -hmm. or a counselor or somebody who can really dig through the issues of it. Because that's the thing we know, you know, alcohol, obviously a lot of times 
with who knows what's underlying it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and if you're talking about like any sort of like trauma, or if it's spilling over into any sort of drug use, like that's heavy stuff and trying to go that alone, almost never, ever, ever works, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's when we do need to just bring like some qualified people into it. But yeah, from the beginning, I've just always really tried to have super open and honest communication with my husband and part of it too, so that he can understand it. Because that's the thing, if we're with somebody who has never struggled with alcohol, it's a super foreign concept for them to understand. And that's what I figured out too, because even this time getting super honest about my drinking habits with my husband, a lot of the times, I mean, it could have been like, I was speaking a foreign language because he's like, from the way his brain works and his experience, he's like, I don't understand why you can't just stop after one or two. And I'm like, because that's not how my body is wired. That's not how my brain is wired. And I know what I know that enough now to know that like, that's, it's not willpower. It's not because I'm weak. It is actual just brain chemistry. And some of us are wired that way. And some of us aren't. So be having those conversations, you know, he can at least appreciate it. He, he can't relate. And he doesn't get it. But he can at least be like, you know, I believe you I believe you now. So even that helped him understand why for me, it really has to be all or nothing. It's mm -hmm. like, if I'm going to drink, then it's going to probably be all drinks all the time because that's what it was. So then the only alternative is none at all ever, because that's the only way I can guarantee that I'm not going to go overboard. Yeah. Yeah. You're so right that like when, yeah, when you haven't experienced it, like you don't, it doesn't make sense to other people. Right. Like I'm, I'm the same as you where it's like, I'm not just going to have like one or two drinks. Like if I'm drinking, nope. I'm drinking, right. Like <laughs> I'm not drinking for one or two drinks. Cause what's the point in my mind, right. like I can't, right do that whereas yeah other people are like what do you mean like just have one or two go home like call it a night yeah. or even for yeah. me, I used to black out a lot and like people who don't black out they think you're lying when you say that right like you're like well that's just an excuse for your bad behavior like no I straight up don't remember that like I have no idea what happened so it's hard like yeah when they don't they haven't experienced it they don't understand it um but you're so right about that like just being honest and being open about mm -hmm how it's affecting you and like yourself. Cause it's kind of the same. I find with like my clients on their health and fitness journeys, not necessarily mm -hmm. do their husbands need to like get on board and like work out with them and eat the same as them. Like they don't have mm -hmm. to do everything with them, but it's important for them to understand why their partner's doing it and why it's important to them so that they can be there as support. Right. So just exactly. yeah, really understanding the reasoning and like understanding how it's going to improve your life or how it's affecting your life currently super important to have that like open, open communication about it. I want to take a quick pause in today's episode to share with you one of my current obsessions, the super greens from INE plus nutrition. I have honestly never been a greens girly. I tried so many and I truly hated them all. So I just didn't think it was worth it until I tried these greens. They're not only an amazing way to add some extra fiber and some extra nutrients into your day, but they're honestly so delicious and I look forward to drinking it every single day. The Juicy Peach is my number one flavor, but honestly, I've tried them all and they're all so good. If you want to try them out, you can head over to inenutrition.com. I'm going to add a link in the show notes and you can actually use the code RIA10, R-H-I-A-1-0 at checkout for 10% off your order. Trust me, you're going to love them. Now let's get back into today's episode. Something you said brought me back. Um, so I'm going to backtrack here a minute, mm -hmm. but you were saying um, like, 
the people that see these things, like for you, I guess it's different because your husband actually didn't see all of your drinking because you were kind of mm-hmm. keeping some of it a secret from him. Whereas for me, yeah. most of the time my husband knew when I had drank too much, like he was there and he was not happy yeah. about it. Um, so for me, I found that like the people who saw that and the people who were around and like cared about me the most were the people who were really supportive and who had like no judgment on me not drinking. Like they were never... Yeah asking me to have a drink or like wondering why I was quitting, even though I wasn't like an alcoholic, they understood right. like, oh yeah, that's probably a good idea for you to quit. Cause they, yeah. they've seen me drink, they've seen the effects it has on me. Right. Whereas the people who maybe had a problem with it or like pressured me, they were usually people who hadn't seen like the extent of things, or they were yeah. also people who kind of had their own core relationship with alcohol. So like me talking about quitting, I think kind of brought something out in them, right? Where now they're defensive about themselves, but they're projecting it onto you. So that was definitely an interesting dynamic on like what you were saying before about kind of figuring out like how your friendships would turn out because who's going to support it and like who's going to kind of stick around and like be your friend in different ways that don't just involve drinking. So kind of the same thing with your partner, right? Like they're going to be there Mm -hmm. through in different ways, right? You're going to remove the drinking, but they're going to be in your life in different ways. Um, so definitely bring definitely gives you an idea of like the people around you and how they support you and it's eye-opening yeah <laughs> yeah it is a hundred percent because it's definitely and and that's another it comes up so often in the beginning because it is one of our biggest fears right is like yes how is it going to affect these relationships and how are people going to react because ultimately at at the crux of all of that it's like you know we nobody wants to be left alone right like we don't want to be excluded we don't want to be left out and you're right, if somebody's experience is like different than yours and more like mine, it, it is a big thing because it's like, I drank so often around so many people in my life, but nobody knew the extent to how much else I was drinking, right? It's like when, you know, for, you know, if it was couple nights or even like, you know, girls night, mom signed out, like people didn't know that like, I started drinking at home before we even went to a, an event. And mm-hmm. then I kept drinking at home when we came home, when we came home afterwards. And sometimes that was in secret. It was always like staying up late at night by myself after my husband and my kids had gone to bed because I had declared that like, that was my real like mommy me time, you know, the time I got just to myself. And yes, I would still, you know, I'd get up in the next morning and do everything that I needed to do. Nobody knew that about like the excruciating pounding headache and the fact that I was like, nauseous basically and like pretending to drink coffee to make it so that nobody knew how hungover I was so when I quit drinking a lot of people in my life were like I don't understand because Mm -hmm. they had no idea how much I was really drinking and how much I was covering up the effects that it was having on me so people were supportive but then yes there were some people and and still even now that especially because obviously I've made this a thing and I talk about it quite a bit (laughs) and everything I do now but some people, it they find the need to instantly try to like justify their own drinking or explain it away, um, like explain to me why their drinking isn't that bad or, oh, it's just, you know, this is just a really hard time at work or it's just the holidays or it's just the season. And honestly, I've just, I've learned to have a lot of compassion for people like that because I know that they are probably stuck in that struggle bus place that I was for a really long time and just aren't quite ready to face it yet because that was me like I remember doing that I remember saying to people or I mean even things like oh you know I'm I'm from Wisconsin like we're raised on alcohol like I know how to hold my liquor like I know how to drink so it's okay don't worry about it or it's like 
oh, you know, just because the toddler years are hard. So this is why I'm drinking a lot now. Or, oh, the teenage years are hard. This is, you know, it's like, there's always an excuse. There's always something you can say. And I did it because I didn't want to even have to pause for a second and examine, like, am I actually drinking too much? Am I drinking too often? You know, like I said, I, for years, I was in that space where I'm like, I no, this is fine. Everything's fine. I'm not going to, I'm going to pretend that everything's fine. And I know there's a lot of people that still, you know, they're in that place right now. So that's what I always say. It's like if people, people's reaction to you not drinking is almost always like a reflection of what's going on with them. And so the people that are supportive can be supportive because they're not harboring their own, like, you know, really like turbulent waters about alcohol and the people that are like, oh, but you were fine or, oh, it's not that big of a deal or, oh, just have one. Come on. It's because they can't imagine not drinking and like mm -hmm. I said I get that because that was me for so long yeah well it's kind of like what we said before like we care more about ourselves like everything's about us right so it's for those exactly you have those comments remembering that like it's probably not about you it's about them right yep exactly and then that whole like yeah sitting sitting in that space of like thinking about it but not taking action on it like that could be like like we both said like years and years right of oh my gosh yeah I remember Googling, yep. I've done this, I've done a lot of Googling, <laughs> but I remember Googling <laughs> one time, like, do I, it was like, do I drink too much or something? And like, the oh, yeah. answer was like, if you're Googling this, you probably do because normal, normal drinkers don't Google this. Right. And exactly. Reading that and being like, shit, yeah, that's actually a really good point. Like most people don't sitting around Googling, do I drink too much? Or like right. I'm a normal drinker, because they don't even think about it. It's not a worry. Right exactly yeah. oh my god I did that too I googled and took like every test though no, I mean and yeah, um, for a long time like ignored them then right because that's when I said that's when I would go to oh but wait you know I do all of this stuff and my life is fine and you know like the ship's afloat so what's the big deal and that's what even now I tell a lot of people and this is even a conversation that like you know depending on who you're talking to in the sober circles not everybody loves it but that's what I'm like, even the idea of moderation or the goal of like wanting to moderate. I'm like, that only exists in the world for people that have a problematic relationship with alcohol because yeah. people, people like my husband who really truly can take alcohol or leave it where it's like, mm -hmm. they don't care if, if for some reason something happened and a doctor or me or somebody was like, okay, Matt, it would really be best for you to not drink for six months. You go, okay, whatever. No big deal. Anybody that would pause and kind of start to lose their mind at that, okay, well, you have a problem. Like, it, it might not be as bad as mine was or as yours was, but it is. And that's why I'm like, if your goal is to moderate, that's a bad sign. Because people that can actually moderate don't even realize there's a name for it. Because that's how little energy they give to alcohol. Like, yeah. they, just, they just don't. It only exists as this, like, last stop goal for those of us that just are, like, trying to cling on some way to keep alcohol in our life because we believe that it adds value that it holds something that like our life is going to be terrible without it and that's why it's like once i once i realized that that wasn't true once like i just learned enough information and just gave myself enough time to get it out of my system and i really was like oh my god it really is so much better without it and that's what i tell people now i'm like you couldn't pay me to moderate or mm -hmm. to like do any of that no way everything everything about my life is better and easier now since I quit drinking. And yeah, I say that as a mom in her forties with, you know, a 16 year old daughter with severe special needs. And yes, it's all easier. <laughs> it's all better. Yeah. And I, I actually want to go like go a little deeper on that because I mean, I've only ever been a sober mom. Like I got sober before I had my daughter. So 
I honestly don't know how I would have been a good mom if I was still drinking. Like I, from before I quit drinking, I was like, okay, I will stop drinking when I get pregnant and I will not drink after. Like that's when I'll quit because I knew that like, I couldn't, I just didn't think I'd be able to be a good mom. Like I couldn't do the things that I was doing. I couldn't drink every weekend and like be blacking out and like also be a good mom. It just wouldn't, how would I do that? So since you have experience of like being a mom that was drinking and now being a mom that's not drinking, I'd love to know like how you have found that to have impact. Like you said, it's made everything better. Is there any like specific things that you can pinpoint that have really improved or things that were drinking was really affecting before? Yeah. I mean, I mean, seriously, everything. And I know when I say that, it sounds really blanket and vague, (laughs) but it's like, when I look back to when I was drinking, it's, I mean, slowly, like little by little, I just realized like, and this is, it's kind of hard to hear and it was hard for me to accept, but it's like drinking just made, I was so selfish. It was so selfish because it was putting my needs above my kids. It was like, I need to drink to relax. I need to drink to unwind. I need to drink to have fun. And so that can go so many different ways. It was like, you know, when we'd have friends over, have gatherings and like have the counter, you know, filled with all different kinds of alcohol and all the, all the grownups were drinking. It was just what we would do. It's like, okay, that was telling our kids that this is what was required to have fun. And we were paying more attention to our friends and to getting drunk and to having fun than we were paying to our kids. Like kids that the parties like that aren't fun for kids. They, they might seem like it for a little while, but it's not. And so when it was like that, even like on, you know, family vacations or trips to like our family cabin, when we'd start drinking at like noon during the day, it's like, I'm sorry, no, I wasn't being a good mom. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I wasn't being terrible. Like they weren't ever really in danger. They were fine, but I certainly wasn't paying attention the way that I needed to. Little things like at home, you know, I more nights than I can count when I would put my girls to bed and one or both of them would be like, ew, your breath stinks like wine. Like, I don't want to kiss tonight. And I would just kind of like laugh and giggle. And, but inside a little bit was like, oh, like, this is bad. Like, this is a problem. Um, or like, you know, rushing the bedtime because it was like, it's been a long day. I need to relax. I need to, you know, get back to get to a TV show and get to my me, me time with wine. So like rushing through the stories, rushing through bedtime. And then just, I mean, the aftermath the next day, like I said, so many days when it's like dragging myself out of bed because I did not feel great at all. Of course, I'm not showing up the way that I could as a mom. I'm not being fully present. I'm not as aware of their needs as I could have been because I had to be so focused on like how nauseous I felt or my pounding head, mm-hmm. trying to cover up how like bloodshot my eyes were. I mean, just so many things. Even I remember when I when I first quit this this past time last fall, only even just a few weeks in, when I first started to have some moments, like with Dylan, you know, her stresses, she's, at the time she was, had just turned 15. Um, and yeah, she has Down syndrome, autism, she's nonverbal, still in diapers. And so we, I mean, there's a lot of stress all day, every day that like, we've just, it's our normal now, right? So I don't even necessarily always even realize how stressful it is because it's just what we're used to. But I remember getting to about the four or five week mark and just thinking like, huh, like, I can't remember the last time that I was like frustrated or like swearing under my breath or like kind of losing my temper or losing my patience or feeling really exasperated. And so that's been probably the most surprising and the most amazing thing is just these ways that I was used to, I was so used to feeling certain ways all the time that I really had just started to believe that they were like, well, this is just how my life is, or this is just how my personality is. And those were like being, you know, filled with anxiety 
and or depression, like all the time, always feeling overwhelmed, always feeling frazzled and really short tempered or like really quick to anger, really impatient. Almost all of that has completely disappeared since I quit drinking. And when I tell people that they don't believe me, but I'm like, it really has, because trust me, like nothing about our life has gotten easier otherwise, right? Like Dylan's only getting older. She's 16 now. I have, you know, a 16 year old daughter that can't talk, that wears diapers 24 seven. None of that has changed, Mm -hmm. but everything about being her mom has gotten like a thousand times easier because I have changed. And it's like, I just like, I can never like stress like the gravity of that because the way that's trickled out to everything then, right? Like I'm so much more patient with all of them, which means I'm so much more loving, which means we're all so much more relaxed. It trickles out to like my relationship with my husband. So it's like, doing this one thing, removing alcohol has like just improved every single aspect of our home life and the way I show up as a mom and a wife. And even for myself, right? Like now when I'm tired and I've had it because God, mom life is still hard. Like it still gets crazy. Yeah. Even like two, two nights ago, it was one of those because Dylan hadn't been sleeping great. And I was just like waiting for my husband to get home. And when he did and everybody was settled, I'm like, I'm going to go in our bedroom and I'm locking the door and I'm watching the crown because I haven't watched the new episodes yet. And he was just like, okay. And it's like, that's what I do now. Where in the past, it would have been like, I'm chugging wine to like be the martyr or like, oh, look at me, I'm doing everything. And I'm just like badge of honor as I'm like guzzling wine out of the bottle, basically, where now I'm just like, no, I am tired and it's been a really hard day and this is what I need. What I need is quiet time. What I need is like sit down and not talk to anybody for 45 minutes. And it's all just gotten, it's just so much more calm and relaxing. Yeah, it really does like trickle into everything, right? Like like you said, it sounds so cliche to be like, it changed everything, but like it really does. Yeah, it does, yeah. And I've never thought about it the way that you said, like how it's selfish, because it is really like, and I haven't, I've, I've never used that word about my drinking, but when I, when I think back, like one of the main reasons that I quit is so that I could be a better wife, be a better partner, because I was not a good partner when I was drinking. Like I would do dumb right. shit and I would get myself into sketchy situations. And like my husband would be stressed or annoyed with me or like having to drive me around town to find all my shit that I lost the night before. Like he was, yeah. it was always, it sucked for him too. Right. So that was a big thing is I was like, I need to do this for me so that I'm a better partner to him. And then also I knew like, we were planning to have kids and I was like, there's like, I don't know how you would be a mom hungover. Like, I don't know how you yeah. did. I like, I, <laughs> so hard. I don't know now. Like I look back now and I'm just like, like how, like, how did I do that? <laughs> because it took, it just, it took up so much time and energy, like physical and mental energy. It's like, it's shocking. And, and, and now I'm like, okay, well now I can see why in a lot of ways, you know, a whole nother conversation, like so many things in our life that were just kind of like stagnant and things had not gotten, but you know, professional goals, family goals, marriage goals, stuff that like nothing was happening. The needle had not moved on things in years, like seven, eight years. And I quit drinking and, you know, in the span of a year, all of a sudden, all of this stuff that we had been trying to do came together and, and then some. And I'm like, it's it's not a coincidence because all of that physical and mental energy that was going to alcohol, was going to drinking, was going to recovering from drinking. It's all at my disposal for other things now. And that's why it's like, it's, yeah, it's really, it's not rocket science when you think about it, but it's just, it's, it's so easy to get sucked into the alcohol trap and you just don't realize what it's taking from you. And so you really, you know, you got to get kind of brutally honest and just be ready to call yourself out on your own 
crap. Yeah. I always say. Yeah. And it yeah. just open, yeah, opens up so much like space in your life for better things. Yep. And it's almost, exactly. I talk about this sometimes with my, my clients, not in, re- not in regards to drinking, but just in regards to like prioritizing their health and like putting mm-hmm. time and effort into their own well-being, how it's, it sort of ends up as like a catalyst for change in the rest of their life. Cause it's like, okay, yes. well, I did this one hard thing. Like what else can I do? And like, how much better can things get, right? Like when you see right. how good things are getting, it kind of makes you just keep want, wanting to get better. Right, right. totally. And I'm sure you'd see it too. I mean, because yes, any health goals or any fitness, like I know a big part of the drinking too, it's like when you get to that point where it's like you're spending so much of your your internal energy and your mental chatter is so negative, right? Because it was like, oh God, I drank more last night than I said I was going to. So now I'm not going to. And it's like, you spend all day either like tearing yourself down with like, God, why, like, why can't I figure this out? Why did I do that again? Okay, I'm not going to do it again. Only to like then by the end of the day, be like, okay, well, but wait, not today. I'm going to go get some wine. Blah, blah. All of that. It's like when that all suddenly shifts to like, you just said like, oh my gosh, but I did this thing. Like, I'm so proud of myself. I like myself. I feel so good right now. That just spills into everything. And it's like, I, that's the thing that I think a lot of women don't understand. It's like just this like mediocrity that we come to accept as normal and how much of that is really just because of alcohol. And so when you remove it, like you said, that space is available now for other stuff. And when we start to fill that space, with, you know, good internal self-talk about like being proud of ourselves and liking ourselves and like not wanting to cringe when we look in the mirror because we're so embarrassed or ashamed or full of guilt. Like, oh my God, you know, it's kind of like you're off to the races then. <laughs> like, it's like, oh yeah, what else can I do? Like what else in my life can get better because I've figured this one thing out and it's, it's really amazing. Yeah. Just that, like the self-confidence and like, yeah, you just become proud of yourself. And like you had yep. said, like the proud of the example you're setting for your daughters like that's huge right? like that's something that that alone can be something that you feel so much yep. proud about and like changes the way that you show up in their lives so yep. I love that that is part of your goal because that is also a big thing for me like I grew up same as you were saying how you were originally with your family like a lot of drinking around and like family events always being about drinking and like the adults were drinking and the kids were kind of doing their own thing like that was that was my childhood of being like upstairs with the other kids while the parents were all drinking and yeah it just was so normalized that like this is how adults have fun this is how adults socialize so yeah I love that that's a big part of your thing is like breaking that for your kids because it's just so powerful to not not normalize that and to normalize being healthy and not drinking (laughs) right right so we were kind of talking earlier about like both of us used a lot of like podcasts and books and stuff like that Um, is there any like specific resources that you have found super helpful that you would recommend in terms of like books, podcasts, courses, things like that? Yeah, I, the, the first thing I always recommend people read because it's like the book that had like, I mean, the biggest aha moment for me and then led to like where I decided to get coaching and find a group was, um, a book called this naked mind from Annie Grace. And yep. And it's grown into a whole huge thing now. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really incredible because she just the information she shares in there is so eye opening, but it makes so much sense. Like it's not pretentious. It's not like overly scientific. And I love also that like, it's not necessarily a book filled with like all of her drinking stories or like this whole, cause sometimes I don't, want to read that and people also I think when you're trying to quit drinking you don't want to hear people rehash you know 20 years of their drinking life so I love it 
exactly and but she just lays it all out in in such a way that you're like oh my god mm -hmm. that makes so much sense and and then like you said before like you can't you can't help but change when you know this stuff it's like once you know it to be true you're like oh my god yep that's that's true and that explains why this is what happens every time I drink and so now I'm gonna make other choices and I think she just it it just demystifies the whole process I think so yes like that book her podcast I know they do a lot of um free little virtual events and stuff but that's what I always send people to I'm like if you haven't read this naked mind yet start there because anybody can do it I'm like you know check it out from the library get it on audible get it on amazon like whatever you can um and and in addition to that i'm just like because i know a lot of times people either don't want coaching because they don't think they need it yet or they're not ready for it or maybe their budget and resources really just don't allow and that's why i'm like sober instagram is like one of the most amazing places on the planet right now i think because there is so much information and so much guidance that so many of us are putting out there for free that it's like, you know, if, if you consume all of it <laughs> and really take it to heart, like you can, you can get a lot of really good information and, and find community. Like you can connect with a lot of really great people on there. I think that was a big one for me. It was like following all these like sober Instagrams. And I guess now there's probably even like sober TikToks is probably a thing now. Yeah. TikTok, yep. TikTok was a thing when we quit, but <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I found that super helpful because yeah, you just kind of like see all these other people doing it and it's like, you believe that you can too, right? Like seeing that right. and seeing these people doing what you want to do. It's like, well, shit, if they can do it, like, I exactly. Can do it so this thing in my book, um, I'll pop that in the show notes um, for people who are listening and want to read that because yeah, it's yeah. definitely one of those, like you read those things, you learn those things and like, you can't unknow them. Like, <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, and then Instagram account. So I'll put your Instagram in the show notes. Um, is there any specific inst other sober Instagrams that you would recommend? Oh my gosh. I think there's, oh, there's so many. No, <laughs> I'm just blank on it. Cause seriously, I feel like it's just, yeah. the space is exploding. Like it's just, there's, there's new accounts and new posts every single day. It's just going bonkers, which I think is incredible because it's like we were saying in the beginning, like this is so prevalent and it's becoming so normalized, which is just so empowering because nobody has to do this alone. That's the whole point. Like, it's not this big secret that it needed to be. And it's not like, we'll wait until you hit rock bottom. Like now it is, it's just a lot of people being like, oh no, I just value my health. Yeah. I just value my health and alcohol is really super unhealthy. <laughs> yep. So those of you who are listening now, it's easier for you than it was for us. Yes. <laughs> And then, so I'll pop, yeah, pop your Instagram in the show notes. Um, and then to wrap things up, if you want to share where listeners can find you online, so I'll put it in the show notes, but if you want to say your username too, yeah. have, like any offers you want to share about or anything. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, right right now, um, yes, I've grown crazy wild on Instagram over the past year. So that's just at mommy does not need wine. And actually I'm in the process of starting my own podcast and my website, www.mommydoesnotneedwine.com. I've got like some guided digital journals that I've put out. So for people that do kind of want to take that first step alone and a little bit more privately, I've laid out basically the things that I did like in the first month that really helped me this time. A step beyond that, just really starting to like peel back the layers on some of the beliefs and, you know, don't, going a little bit deeper into that process. And then I do also run um, different like monthly small group mentoring and to just kind of put and women only at this time because that's what I know you know I only guide people through what I know and just take you know my experience and 
my background. And so, yeah, I just create, you know, small, small group mentoring opportunities for women to come together in a safe space and connect with other people that get what they're going through. Awesome. So I will pop that in the show notes so everyone can find that. Um, that sounds super cool. The journaling and stuff for, yeah. Like yeah. Just wanting to start, you know? <laughs> right. And again, cause it's like, I know I was like that in the beginning. It's like sometimes when, you know, like you said too, when we're maybe not quite ready to tell people what's going on, but need something. And that's really really what I've designed these, the guided journals to be for, because they're super low price point, like $27, $31. And really just meant to be like, if I was sitting there with you and said, okay, this is what I did for the first month. Like, this is what I did for the first month. And, you know, checklists, tools, tips, um, just things to kind of help get your feet dipped into that, like alcohol-free lifestyle pool to see, to just, yeah, start to get your feet wet and figure it out. Awesome. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This thank is you. I think this was my longest guest episode <laughs> yet, but we just had so much to talk about. It's just I know. Talk. I appreciate it. It is. It's it's one of those topics that, yeah, there's a lot to say, but it's all good. Yeah, I reckon we could talk for another hour if we wanted to. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't yeah. wait to hear your podcast. Do you know when that's going to be going live? Um, I'm... My first interviews are happening in like two weeks. So it'll probably be another month. So I'd say, where are we at now? Mid-February, probably, before it comes out. Do you know the name when it does come out? I did, yep. Yeah, just Mommy Does Not Need Wine. Just sticking with it across the across the platform. Easy. So it'll be easy to find. <laughs> yep, exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I can't wait to hear your podcast in a month or so. And yeah, do you have anything, anything else you want to say before? No, I appreciate this so much. I just really, I really love that more people are having this conversation. So thank you for having me on. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Strong Moms Club podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and I would love to hear your thoughts or feedback on today's conversation. Feel free to send me a DM over on Instagram. My username there is at Raya Hamel. That's spelled R-H-I-A-H-A-M-E-L. Make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode and leave me a rating and review if you love listening to this podcast so that others can find this podcast more easily. Thanks again for listening. See you next week, Strong Mama.